Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Roundtable Sports Podcast. My name is Taylor McLean, and we are talking about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers' 45-20 to victory over the Las Vegas Raiders. And I have to admit, as I was watching this game, I had a lot of questions about how this game got away from the Las Vegas Raiders because I'll be honest with you, it was a lot closer than 45-20 to would actually represent. But let's talk about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and their 45 points. Let's talk about Tom Brady because when you're talking about Tampa Bay, you're talking about Tom the man because they don't really have anything else. They don't have Jameis Winston anymore. And I think that's the biggest difference for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers is Tom from Jameis. And I think that a lot of us in the fantasy community talked ourselves into Tom and Jameis having the same amount of volume as far as their passing attempts. And that while Tom doesn't have the same type of arm that Jameis has at this point, he has a lot more accuracy. He has a lot more smarts. He has an infinite time more smarts at this point. And I thought that those things would make up the difference between the different amount of passing attempts that they might have and the different amount of uh, yards they might cover in the air with their throws. However, what I didn't foresee and what I think that people couldn't foresee as far as the Tampa Bay passing offense, as far as how Tampa Bay was going to operate this year, was how good the defense was going to be. Drafting Devin White, Levante David, you've got Ndamukong Sue, JPP, you've got Shaq Barrett, they had Vita Vea, he got injured. They've got all these pieces in the front seven. And then when you add Antoine Winfield on top of what they've added in the, the secondary pieces on the corners, and it's been a recipe for success on the defense. I got to say, it's one of the top defenses in the NFC. You got to think about the Chicago Bears, of course. You've got to think about the Rams when you talk about Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey on top of that. But really, I like what I'm seeing from Tampa Bay. And when you have Tom Brady on the other side of the ball from this defense, I think that's a recipe for success as far as the NFL and the real world goes. But when we're talking about fantasy value, that has pushed the passing attempts down. They're running the ball more effectively. They've also added Tristan Wirfs to the line. So they're getting a little bit more push. Having Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette is certainly a luxury as far as running the ball goes. So there's a lot of things that they've added. And then when you throw Antonio Brown in the mix, I think that's going to dilute all the different options to the point where there's not going to be a ton of fantasy value for people in the Tampa Bay offense, although I think they're going to score a lot of points. Tom is extrajudicial as far as distributing the ball around. And when you have Godwin, when you have Evans, and when you have Antonio Brown out there on top of Gronk, on top of Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones, I feel like there's a lot of mouths to feed. 
So I'm not sure that there's any of these situations that I'm really targeting, although I'm not scared of any of them because there's bound to be some attrition going forward because we're only halfway through and there's probably going to be some injuries going forward. As long as they're not to Tom Brady, then I think there's a lot of options on the board and there's a lot of talented players here. I just think when you were drafting in the third and second round with Chris Godwin and Mike Evans, you were expecting a little bit more and you were expecting a little bit more volume, but really with the Buccaneers not having to come back as much without having to be as behind as they were with Jameis because Jameis threw pick after pick, it's affected the volume in a way that I'm sure a lot of people saw coming. And everybody that avoided Godwin and avoided Mike Evans in the second and third round have been thanking their lucky stars since because nobody has been getting value out of those picks to this point. Now, I got to admit, Godwin looks like he has more of a connection than Evans. That was a big thing in the draft time was which one of those guys was going to develop the better connection with Brady. And I think at this point that Godwin has the better connection now it might not be as a high as upside as connection because he probably is going to end up hitting mike evans deep more when they're pushed more by a team they weren't really pushed as hard by las vegas despite the score and they didn't have to throw 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 because they got up and while vegas was able to come back and make it closer it still was a situation that they didn't have to push the ball as hard, but it does seem like Godwin has the best connection so far. We'll see what Antonio Brown can do when he gets in there, but I think all he's going to do is dilute all the rest of the targets for everybody, and I don't think anybody's really going to be all that sexy when it's all said and done. I do think that's an upgrade for Brady to have another option out there, but still... With the defense playing as well as it is, I don't think they're going to be pushed as hard as you need them to be pushed for Brady to really hit the stratosphere and break into the top six options that you want in quarterback. While I think he still absolutely has quarterback one value, I just think he doesn't run, and I think that there's going to be times where he's not going to have to throw the ball as much as he did today. So we'll see how that goes. The Las Vegas Raiders certainly have some juice on defense and some juice on offense. It's just not enough to beat the good teams. They're kind of the best bad team, in my opinion. But still, their averageness on both sides of the ball keeps them in games. And we'll want to see what they do going forward, absolutely. So we're a little concerned about the options in the receiving game as far as the wide receivers go and how the targets are going to be dispersed from here. I will say I am a little bit more hopeful on Rob Gronkowski than I have been in in some time. He's looking like he's getting his sea legs as far as the NFL goes. He's still a big target. The target share is there for Brady. The trust is still there. It's not Even though he's new to the offense, it's not like he's new to Brady. So he's getting enough of the target share. And for tight ends at this point, with a dearth of quality tight end options, I think if you held Gronk to this point, you're definitely happy. You're seeing the touchdowns. You're seeing the red zone targets. And I think that's something that I'm willing to bank on to a certain degree, especially, like I said, with there being so few reliable options in the tight end community right now. Like I said, with everything else that's going on with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, certainly the targets are going to be a little bit in flux and we want to see how it's going to flush out. And hopefully you've got some time to do so and you can hold the different Tampa Bay auction and you can hold the different 
Tampa Bay options to see how this susses itself out. But we didn't even talk about Scotty Miller, and he's absolutely in the mix, and he's going to siphon off targets and touchdowns and catches from people. So it's just a really muddled situation that we need to have more clarity on before we can really count on many of the options in the Tampa Bay passing game, even though Brady is absolutely cooking and able to use those options. There's just too many right now to really be able to predict consistently what's going to happen. Speaking of being able to predict consistency, that's also filtered down to the Tampa Bay running game. You know, starting the day, I would have said that Ronald Jones is absolutely the guy to own. He's been running hard. He's so fast, and he runs with a lot of strength. His hands are a little bit suspect, and I think that's the thing that is tipping the scales towards Leonard Fournette at at this time. You know, they both have a lot of juice, and they're both running downhill strong, but when they trust someone to run passing routes and to have better hands, he's going to be in the game more. And when it's Leonard Fournette and he has some some running game chops as far as the goal line goes as well, it's probably going to lead to a very split situation. And while what I saw this week probably leads me towards Leonard Fournette, and trust me, it hurts me to say that as much stock as I have in Ronald Jones in season-long leagues but I'll tell you if I'm looking at the film and I'm being honest with myself I think I'm leading Leonard Fournette at this point but I think there's both of them in the backfield and I think that there's going to be enough touches that get split that until one of them goes down it's probably not a good situation for either of them so if you can help it you're probably starting Ronald Jones in your flex as a desperation flex hoping that he comes out on top but that may end up being Leonard Fournette at this point so there is a lot of worry there's a lot of fluctuation in the Tampa Bay situation at this point but it is what it is you you hope I'm hoping for your sake that you have some time to kind of let this ride out because there's a lot of talent on this team and there's a lot of potential for this situation to get better. You just need to be able to ride it out and hope that you don't have to have a win this week because it's going to be hard to predict what's going to happen with all this. But I got to say, if I'm looking at the film and I'm being honest with myself, I think I got to say that Leonard Fournette looks like the option to own although I think both of them are going to be flex options at the very best going forward until something happens. So let's flip sides. Let's look at the Las Vegas Raiders. When you're talking about the Las Vegas Raiders, I think the point of contention is probably Derek Carr. And there's been a lot of up and down performances by Derek Carr in the last couple of years. But I think at this point, he's got as many options as he's had in some time. Maybe not as the Crabtree, Amari Cooper years, but still, when you add in Darren Waller to Henry Ruggs to Hunter Renfro to Nelson Aguilar, I think there's something there. And I'm just not sure that Derek Carr is able to produce week to week in a situation that you're going to want to start. Now, if he's a quarterback three in a two-quarterback league, I'm absolutely on board with that because there is going to be some volume there. It's just not something there's just something that's not right in this situation and I can't really put my finger on it I don't know if it's a lack of weapons I don't know if there's just not one big time weapon over the top or what it is but with the line being out for COVID 
during this game, I'm trying to give everybody on the Raiders a pass because this is an unprecedented situation. The line had this whole situation where we're not even sure they're going to play. Most of them end up playing. But overall, it just seemed like a disjointed effort from the Las Vegas Raiders. And overall, I've seen more from them on a given week. And I think them not being able to run the ball on a superior Tampa Bay defense was the big kicker. I think Tampa Bay has a superior front seven to a lot of teams. And something I'm noticing in the NFL game is when another team is able to dictate what that other team is supposed to do on offense and that other team isn't capable of doing it, the team that dictates it from the defense is able to win that game nine times out of 10. And the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were able to take the running game away. Josh Jacobs had 17 yards. So it really took the spice out of the Las Vegas attack. And let's go ahead and break into Josh Jacobs because nobody's really starting Derek Carr at this point outside of bye weeks. And he better have a damn spicy matchup to be starting him in anything outside of two quarterback leagues. So let's go ahead and talk about the main event, Josh Jacobs. And he went 10 for 17. The big problem for Josh Jacobs in games like this is they're willing to break up the carries. They're willing to break up the touches to Jalen Richard, to Devontae Booker. If their targets and carries were funneled through Josh Jacobs, his day would have been fine. Now, granted, the two touchdowns went to receivers and the like, and really it was just unlucky that Darren Waller got the touchdown and Josh Jacobs didn't to save his day. But at the same time, it just goes to show you that someone that's a little bit more dependent on the run game script than and isn't insulated by getting all the passing game work can lead to days like this for your running back ones. And while Josh Jacobs absolutely still has juice and talent, and there's going to be better days than this because the Tampa Bay front seven has juice and has a lot of good people that are stopping the run, This is the point. This is why you want people to be catching the ball and to dominate the touches more when you're talking about your running backs. And while it's sexier to talk about big game wide receivers and to have three big wide receivers and have a quarterback and everything, where I feel like fantasy players separate themselves is being able to separate good running back situations from mediocre ones and from week to week being able to have value in those positions and If you're smart, Las Vegas is probably a situation to avoid overall because they are so fluid with the situation. And really, it's probably going to take the right injuries for any situation to really suss itself out to the maximum fantasy value. But this one really needs some attrition, needs Jalen Richard or Devontae Booker to go down so that Josh Jacobs can really consolidate their value into his. And when the wide receivers aren't really clicking to the point where they're valuable. It really is just Josh Jacobs and Darren Waller that we're talking about value-wise. And Darren Waller is the only one that's really consistently producing value. I love that he's getting goal line looks, and I want to see more of that from him because he's got this size-speed combo that's hard to guard, and it's easy to leave him in there and run whatever running sets you want to run while getting him loose, fake blocking with him, and then getting him on a linebacker or a safety where he's able to blow them out and get open for Derek Carr. So I'm in on Darren Waller. 
I'm holding Josh Jacobs if I have him, hoping for better things, maybe floating a really nice buy low offer if you're really desperate for running back value. Because I tell you, they've got to look in the mirror today and they've got to say, I've got to focus more on Josh Jacobs. It just didn't work that way with the Tampa Bay front seven because of Indomitian Sue, because of JPP, because of Levante David, because of Devin Booker, because all these different things they have on defense that are stifling. And when you have an offense that's so specific and the other defense can dictate terms to you, you're in a bad way. And Las Vegas just couldn't come back from that today. They're just not good enough to do so. But I'll tell you, they're average enough to take advantage of a lot of teams. It's just Tampa Bay's defense is superior and came through in this game. Well, that's all I've got for today. Like, listen, subscribe. Check me out on the videos. I'm going to be posting those throughout the week. And have a great rest of your week.